In episode 132 of Circles Off, we discuss Shohei Otani crushing the souls of everyone in Toronto, TikTok touts challenging professional bettors to contests on Twitter, getting the best of the number in the NFL and anticipating market moves, all of that and more. This week's Circles Off starts now. Come on, let's go! Welcome to Circles Off, episode number 132, right here on the Circles Off YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network and presented by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm your host, Rob Pizzola. Today, joined by G-Stack George. Thanks for having me. No problem. Obviously, G-Stack George's source of income still remains unknown. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of that today. Maybe we won't. Maybe we won't. Probably we won't. Probably we won't. Uh, number 32, the edge. Edger and James. Oh, yeah. He led the league in rushing his rookie season. That's how good he was. You trying to you trying to show me up? No, I just I'm very familiar with that era of Colts. Like they literally traded away Falk and draft Edrin right away as his replacement, and it worked out. Uh, yes, I mean Edrin James is like a very underrated. Oh yeah, back. Like oh, yeah. forget about Edrin James at the end of his career, that Edrin James, but like mid career. Yeah, in for his prime, first five years, he was easily one of the three or four best running backs in the league at that time. There's uh, Mojo, Maurice Jones-Drew. In our first Circles Off studio, we did have a Maurice Jones-Drew 32 signed picture up. I can't remember, Zach, if it was in my corner or Johnny's corner. I don't remember. Neither do I. I most remember him for lighting up Sean Merriman on a block. Lights out, remember? I do. I do remember that. That, that was just like, uh, this, this little guy, can uh, he can play physical football. This is going to be very critical. And I'm known to be a critical person. But I've recently taken to watching NFL Network again. Oh, he's awful. He is the one of the worst. But he, he, doesn't, un, he doesn't answer the questions that are asked to him. No. Nope. He's working with, um, who, who's, the, who's he working with there? Rose. Chris Rose. What's that guy's name? Do you remember? Uh, he, yeah, I think it is Chris, Chris Rose. Rose. He used to do the, uh, that show with John Sally. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's working with him, and, and uh, it's basically like a, a highlights show yeah. at the end of the night. And it's not always Maurice Jones-Drew. I've seen uh, Gerald McCoy on there as well. But whenever Maurice Jones-Drew is on, they always throw to him. They ask him, like, a very basic question. And he gives, honestly, some of the most infuriatingly yeah. dumb answers. One of them was, like, here's the wildcard race in the AFC. Who are going to be the three wildcard teams that make it? And they threw to him. And he's like, all of them. All of them. <laughs> and, and Chris Rose is just like, no, no. He's like, Maurice, like this, they, they can't all make it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, but all of them have a chance. Like all these teams are right in the mix. Yeah, that's why we're he's talking like, about that. Like, yeah, we're, I want you to pick the three teams. And they're arguing basically on air. He's like, I'm, t I'm telling you, it's all of them. All of them can make it. Yeah, making the case for everybody. Make the case for every single team. It's like that, that wasn't the question that was asked, but great player. Yeah. I owned him in fantasy for many years, and he brought home some fantasy titles. Yeah, he was such a good fantasy player. Such a good player. Yeah. You replaced Fred Taylor, right? He was the— Yeah, he, he was. Oh, yeah. I liked Fred Taylor, too. That was a player I miss. Mm -hmm. Trying to think of other 32s in sports. Right in front of you, Rob. I told you we're going to add new things on the oh, desk every day. Yes. Now, the thing is, this, this Shaquille O'Neal bobblehead— He's wearing 34 with the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I wore know. 32 when he was with the Magic. Yeah. And the Heat, I think. Yeah. There's also another uh, Los Angeles Lakers player who wore number 32. 
Yeah. Magic Johnson. Oh, yeah. That, that. There's so many 32s, boys. Yep. You know, you know who you didn't put on the list, which I can't figure out? And I, I was going to blame Zach. I said, oh, it's, a, it's an age thing. I'm like, who's the best running back of all time? Like, it's either Barry Sanders or old people, right. old timers will tell you it's Jim Brown. Yep. Right? Or who was the most famous uh, running back in history outside of his football career? For O.J. Simpson. Yeah, O.J. Yeah. Simpson was a 32. Yeah, see, like, I, so... This script that you're you're looking at right now, I put together this script, yeah, and I type in the the numbers off the top of my head. I don't research them. Or you, you don't remember? Do you remember Dave Winfield? What is the World Series? He's thirty two. I I no, I didn't. Roy Halladay, I remember more thirty two. Okay, Doc, yeah, but that's yeah. like more of my anything prior to me being yeah. thirteen years old. I'm not going to remember. You were right about. Because pe- people get mad, by the way, if we don't say some of these. All Julia right. Serving. Mm. Who, Dr. J? Sandy Koufax. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, For 32? Yep. Yeah, I, I'm not going to know that Sandy Koufax. No, I, I'm just I'm just. I've never, see, I've never seen a, a single inning of Sandy Koufax pitching. Carl Malone. Yeah, we can't talk about Carl Malone well, anymore, though. He's he's off he's off limits now. Yeah, Dave yeah. Winfield, Bill I, Walton. I got Jeff Samet. Uh, do you remember Jeff Samet from the fan? I do. He got very ornery with me when I when I brought up Carl Malone's past one time on air. Like he, he just didn't want to. No, talk he did it? a topic. He said, "Who would you, um, if you could take someone's rings away and give them to somebody who never won, who would it be?" So I said, like sarcastically, I would. I would make sure Carl Malone got a ring because he's such an upstanding gentleman off the field or off the court. <laughs> <laughs> and he said something like. That's not the time or place. I said, all right, I'm, I'm hanging up. I caught Jeff on a bad day. I have since met Jeff many times, and we love each other now. So you called into like a, a call-in show yeah, I used on to, Toronto Sports I Radio. used I used to drive around in my car and listen to the, the – and Jeff was always like late night, 10 o'clock on. Yep. Uh, who was the guy with the raspy voice? Uh, he's still he's still on the air. Scott Farrell? Scotty Farrell. Yeah, Farrell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to I used to call in all these shows. Raspy voice would be an understatement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he sounds like he's been smoking four cartons of cigarettes yeah. since he was one year old. It sounds like he <laughs> swallowed sandpaper and it never made it out of yes. his throat. Yes, I was I I was back in the day um, when I was working for the score and we were on Sirius. Scotty Farrell was huge at that time in sports talk oh, yeah. radio. I I think he's kind of like his career's. I mean, it tends to happen. Whatever. Yeah, uh, and not as many people consume. Um, radio anymore, but he was like the guy. Yeah. I used to listen to him, and he was hot take central. Oh yeah, yeah. You kind of have to be. To yeah, make it to, listen. Radio. If you're airing uh, midnight to three a.m. on the East Coast, and I know he he was coast to coast, but you want to get callers on the East Coast, you've got to get spicy with your takes if you want any reaction at one in the morning. Yeah, we are going to talk a little bit about NFL market timing. Uh, in this episode today and specifically a question that gets asked quite a bit when I'm doing live streams or just DMs on Twitter and even in the comment section here on some previous Circles Off videos. But basically, how do I know when to place my bet? When's a good time for me to go out and bet this um, and and get a little bit into our process over the course of the week? Before we do, though, as an avid Toronto sports uh, caller into radio stations, if you could have called in this week to give your opinion on the entire Shohei Otani situation, which, by the way, people who don't know, basically Friday of last week, 
might as well have been a national holiday. Yeah. With the amount of like there was nobody as soon as as soon as there was rumors that Otani might sign in Toronto and there was a plane that was getting tracked in the air and just like everything started running rampant at that point. Nobody was doing no. anything. I have 10 different group chats, Rob, and I kid you not, it was the topic of conversation in every single one of them. Same, same with me. I have a group chat of soccer guys, and all we do, do is talk EPL. And we were talking about Otani that morning, because that's how big Otani, like, this is Babe Ruth, right? This is the second coming of him. Babe didn't pitch and hit at the same time, uh, not at the level that Otani is. Like, you literally were getting top of the rotation starting pitcher and meat of the order hitter. This is the biggest deal uh, imaginable. So it was a hot topic, and I avoided I avoided it like hell. Monday through Thursday that week, I was staying away. I didn't believe it. I really thought we were being used because he was going to end up in the Dodgers. I did. But Friday morning, something happened, and I got swept up in the hysteria. I really did. Yeah, I, I would say that I got God. Oh, I yeah. Got, I, got, I, was, I was right in there, yeah. kind of in the same boat as you, of like, this ain't happening. This is ridiculous. Well, I think that it was so easy to get caught up because he's probably the best player in the world. Sure. The number one player in the world. And Rob, when you're talking about the number one players in the world. We have to talk about Pinnacle Sports. Oh, yeah. The world's sharpest sports book and available to betters across Canada and in Ontario. We often preach line shopping here on Circles Off. We think that's extremely valuable and important. One of the most critical aspects to sports betting. I would never consider betting without the number one book, Pinnacle, in my back pocket. Low margins, high limits, everything you could want as a better. So check them out. And if you do, use code HAMMER when you do sign up. It supports us here on Circles Off. Helps pay George's guest appearance fee as well. <laughs> you must be 19 plus, not available in the U.S. And as always, please play responsibly. But that day was, it was wild. And yeah. uh, I'm glad I lived that day. No, I'm not. I'm not. This was, it was all our worst memories happening again. This is it. We are scarred as a city, as a town that everyone leaves us. Nobody wants to come. It, it, we we let our guard down again, Rob. Yes, I, I we I promise we'll move on. I don't want to make this specifically like a Toronto sports radio show, but I, I as a, a Torontonian born and raised, and you're the same. I get so incredibly offended when people are like, "Oh, it would have been terrible yeah. if Otani went to to the Blue Jays and like, you know." Canada yeah. got Otani and stuff like that. And I get it. Like, there's a rivalry, Canada and the U.S., and it happens. But what drives me nuts is, like, people, I think a lot of Americans, I don't want to put every paint everyone into the same picture here, but a lot of Americans don't realize how similar Toronto is oh, yeah. to every major American city, at least in northeastern America. But, like, it's it's like Canada and Toronto specifically are. It might as well be Russia the way that some people yeah, are talking. They about. think after this show, Rob, you and I are going to go home to our igloos. <laughs> you know, log well, log in for and, yourself and, and <laughs> log in, check our lines, and start firing at on Pinnacle and betting some NFL. That's what they think. We're going to our igloos after this. It's it's it, it really bothers me. I don't know why it works me up so much, but obviously, I guess any time that you're you're born and raised in a certain city. You have a certain pride for that city, even though it's like there's lots of things I can complain about, like lots of things I can complain about in Toronto. But 
ultimately that just drove me crazy, man. The whole discourse of like, this yeah. is going to be terrible for baseball. You know, um, there's an insecurity with Toronto sports fans, right? Especially when outside of hockey, because hockey's got enough Canadian teams, but we have this like inferiority complex. People don't want to come here. One of the most brilliant marketing campaigns of all time was We the North, right? Yep. It captured the Game of Thrones at the time, but the, the concept of the North in Game of Thrones was all these rich people fighting for King's Landing and we're happy living. We got our own piece of territory. We are the kings over here. So We the North really played into that uh, inferiority complex. We are our own people. We don't care. It gave us like a backbone for once. And it was one of the most brilliant marketing uh, strategies ever. I thought so as well. Um, it, it, overall, just fantastic. But yeah, that 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 just like really chapped my ass this week. Basically, that's the best way to put it. I, I blame John Morosi because he legitimized it, and then that uh, Dodger reporter, uh, JP Hornstra. Yeah, he he wrote an article saying you know sources saying uh, sources believe he's going to the Jays, and it's either one of two one of two things, right? Because as a reporter, and I worked in news media, you know when you have a concrete source and when you can go with something, when it's verifiable. You don't want to make a mistake on big stuff. Never. And being first is not more important than being accurate. So either Morosi uh, and this guy read too much into yep. what was what was being done, and I think that's unlikely. I don't think anyone's risking a career for that. What I actually think is someone fed them garbage. Yeah, yep. They became, uh, you ever heard the term useful idiot? I've, I've heard it. I've yeah. been called it before. Yeah. A, a basically, a useful idiot is like someone naive who's like being manipulated to to advance a cause, right? They, they get the story out that he's really going to Toronto. And then you're probably the Dodgers brass. And you get there together. You're like, do we really want to risk losing this guy over $50 million that we're already going to defer? And that's why that number, $700 million, became a shocker for everyone. Because we were all expecting 600. Yep. 650 was the ceiling. 700 came out of nowhere. Nobody in their right mind thought he was getting 700 million, not being 29 and not being able to pitch in the first year. And I think that piece of news out there really drove up his price at the end. And he ends up going where he wants to go. So I don't know. I don't know if it was his agent or not, but my God, it was a really brilliant masterstroke of getting people worked up with rumors. Oh, it was a riveting day for me. And um, I pretended to be industry insider in my friend groups as well. Oh, like, yeah. Done deal. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I know, I know uh, I've talked to the Japanese translator for the Blue Jays. Yeah. You know, I was I was all they in put, on They it. put a halt on uh, ticket sales uh, for season tickets. They're coming out next week, triple the price. Yes. You know, we all we all we all were verifying stuff that wasn't true either. Uh, of course, and that tends to happen in in those types of situations, but what what doesn't sit well with me. And this is the, the I I've had a lot of time to process this now. The Morosi stuff, like I think John Morosi just got fed shitty info. Same. And he ran with it and he trusted that source and yeah. he thought it was good, but it wasn't good. Yeah. Why in God's name did the Toronto Blue Jays organization allow this to just spread like wildfire? Yeah. Like there's a plane in the air. It's being every single person within the Blue Jays organization knew that Shohei Otani was not on his way to Toronto in a private jet. Could yeah. they not have put out a statement or something that just said, 
this is not Shohei Otani's plane. He's at home. We've made him an offer. We're waiting to hear back. And just like qualmed all of this and put an end because I wasted a half day. Yeah. Maybe longer than a half day. They, and they wouldn't do it directly. And the method they would use is uh, when you want to get, when you're an organization, the government used to use people in news media and you want to get a statement out there or a message, you message your close friends who are reporters and say, you can quote uh, a source within the Jays organization says these are untrue. You want to get your hands around the story before it goes nuts. They failed to do that. They failed to control the, the narrative in the media. They let it get to hysteria level. Like we were tracking freaking planes. That's <laughs> the last time that happened was when we were following Kawhi Leonard in a helicopter. What is wrong with this city, man? How bad do we want a star player that we lose control? It, it, it just felt like that there was never a chance and then there was. Yeah. And that gives people even more hope. But uh, it's over and done with. Yeah. I've decided I'm still going to get a Shohei Otani Blue Jays jersey. I will still tell my uh, future grandkids that uh, Shohei Otani was the greatest Jay for one day. For one day. Great, greatest Blue Jay of all time, Otani. We had a piece of Babe Ruth. Oh, <laughs> it was so close. It was so close. And, like, if you think it's bad for baseball that Otani comes to Canada and plays in Toronto, I'll tell you what's bad for baseball. He's deferring $680 million of his contract till after he's done his contract. Yeah. The Dodgers are just going to go out and spend like crazy. That'll change. That'll, that was, who was the hockey player that... Had an obscene like seventeen year deal, and they're Ilya like Kovalchuk. Ilya Kovalchuk. They're like, okay, we got to put an end to this yeah. BS contract. Yeah, you always get one through the door, and then the league comes in and says, never again. Well, we are putting closing that loophole. I, I think I think Manny Ramirez is still getting paid by the Red Sox, and the Bobby Bonilla contract in baseball was yeah. also like absurd. He deferred all that afterwards, but yeah, I don't, it's just it's you know when there's a no. When there's a soft cap yeah. league yeah. and teams can spend, yeah. I root for like the, the and, and this is not just Toronto. This would have happened to any small market team. I kind of root for them to yeah. be able to compete. This is places. why the Pirates will never have a chance, you know? Even when the Dodgers are cash strapped, they can pull a maneuver to create yeah, money. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd. Almost absurd as that guy who's challenging everyone on Twitter to 500K uh, handicapping. Contest. I love how you picked a, a, a number that no one, no one's gonna meet. Like, let me pick a number that no one can meet. Claim I have it first of all, liquid, and uh, and, and set the parameters like that. My God, that that was such a weird uh, story in Twitter the the past week. Yeah, I mean, the the reality is he's not gonna get a a challenger because it's not gonna happen. No, nope. it, it's just the contest is. It's it's just that I mean we're we're the idiots. I'm the idiot for even bringing it up. I'm just giving publicity to this guy. Yeah. Not going to give out the the Twitter handle now that I've said it already. But I'd be curious how much his follower count and uh, pick selling service increased because he for sure got something out of this, and we all we all fed into it. Yeah, I think Lots. Spanky came in and said, "Just don't give this idiot attention." Yeah, and I'm exactly doing the attention. exact opposite of what Spanky said. Can you guys explain though why people won't do it? I I mean, I know why, but like, there's might be because people it's a waste stuff. of time, Zach. Right? Like, but, how many? I got a million messages. I woke up to a hundred messages of like, oh, here's this challenge, this guy or whatever. It's like, why? I'm gonna go say, okay, here, let's do this 500k contest. We're gonna spend 
a month's agreeing on terms because yeah. I don't want to do like a contest that's going to last a week. And then what's going to happen is just going to keep getting, it's, it's just a time suck. Like it's an absolute time suck for something that is not ever going to happen. So what's the point? Yeah, it, it will never, it will never get to the, the closing line. Even if someone had the money to put up and this person was a big enough better, but also didn't care about being public. Because that's the other problem. A lot, a lot of guys who bet at that level don't want to have a public persona. So even if you can get past that parameter, then you got to agree to rules with the guy. And then he's actually got to put the money in escrow. This, it would never get to that stage. It, it is a giant waste of time. That's, a, that's like a huge one there is which, which of the two parties, like how do you agree on an escrow? Yeah. Who's going to hold the money? Yeah. Who's going to hold the million dollars for you? Don't don't give me a million. You will. That's the last time you will see me. I'm gone. Enjoy your enjoy your pick uh, pick contest, boys. Find me in the Bahamar. Well, at least we would know your source of income at that point. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. NFL betting. Yes. How's it going? Last week was very good. Actually, like the last three weeks uh, was very good. Can't remember when I got crushed, I think it was four or five weeks ago, just everything came undone. But I, I love uh, weeks like this where there's like a lot of movement and uncertainty in the lines and um, there's a lot of opportunities. I remember uh, the big elephant in the room, it was a weather week. And I don't know if you've noticed in the last two years, everything moves so quickly on weather. And I can't, like before we could get to Tuesday evening, and now by Monday night, everyone's blowing up positions and they're dropping three, four points. Well, I'm very happy for the people who did last week because it actually created some opportunities on some non-weather games. I, I'm, I'm staring there on a Tuesday with Clark and I'm like, Indy Cincy is 40? What? Yeah. The second I get a hint that this weather is not bad, it, it's because it, Indy's been an auto over team for for. The last time I bet an Indy under was against Cleveland, and I realized that day, I go, oh, no, this is actually an over team, and I've been profiling them wrong. Uh, against Tampa, it was it was a good over uh, with all their defensive injuries. There was You literally got lines with three and four points of closing line value on, on Wednesday we were betting them. Yeah. Uh, so, like, okay, we can start with the weather games. Yeah. I think that's a good good spot to start. So your point is very valid in terms of like how quickly people are are betting this stuff. Yeah. I have a guy that comes into the Sunday night stream every week and a yeah. lot of the wide, live watch alongs. Uh, I, I, I can't, it goes by like some Greek name is Joe Constantinou or something like okay. that. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, He's in the stream all the time. And and, he, and the, the other nails, as I call them, that are part of the, the streams are are constantly ripping this guy because he shows up and he's giving wet weather reports for the upcoming week yeah. and whatever. And they're all subject to change and they will change drastically. Like you talk to any meteorologist on the planet and they're going to tell you that there's a very low degree of certainty in being able to project what the weather is going to be with accuracy yeah, it, a it, full week from now. It grows, right? It, it's um, And I'll use an analogy on how uh, I bet injuries and assumptive injuries because oftentimes lines are in between where they should be and where they will be. Yep. Whether we should treat it as such, it's how accurate is the weather on Monday, yep. Tuesday. Wednesday is the first time I really consider the weather uh, has a chance 
to look like what it does on Wednesday. Right. Monday's too early. But okay, let's. What's our what's our main goal for in in the NFL? Generally speaking, beat the closing line. Yeah. Right. That that's that's your best indicator of long term success, especially in a market as efficient as the NFL. If these numbers are going to move off of weather, regardless. Yeah. You you, you could technically just bet them. Yeah, because you can you can get you can get both sides. Exactly. The the problem is my process doesn't really get started till Monday evening. Yeah. It takes me uh, a lot of work to get to where I'm confident for the week. Yeah. And now the the positions have all been blown up. I'm not going to get a line that's moved three points already. Yeah. And then pray the weather holds up so it gets another two points of close by. Because now I can get railroaded with a really bad position. But the the, the alternate side of that is that you, let's say you bet a, a a weather total. Sure. On sometimes it's Sunday night when they open up Monday morning, whatever. By midday Monday, like some of these last week, yeah, moved like four or five we're, points. They were done. They yeah. were they were the the Cleveland. Uh, who did Cleveland play? Uh, Jacksonville. Cleveland Jacksonville moved from like thirty eight down yeah. to what low thirties at one point. Yeah, we were at thirty and a half at one point. Yeah, and that was like a very substantial move. Now, my my whole thing is that. You don't have to keep that position. Of course. When, when, you, when you're beating the market by that much, yeah. you now have such a valuable play. Yeah. You could hold it, for one. Yeah. You can play back the other side for a very large middle. That like These don't come about. Now, this isn't like massive market. Sure. This is openers, early Monday. If you try really hard, I'm sure you can fill like 20K, maybe even more than that, especially on Monday. But... You know, it's it it gives you the opportunity to work later in the week, and but you got to be firing Monday. Monday morning is the last, like before everything's gone. I can't get I can't get ready that fast. And you're like, oh, why not just blind bet on speculative weather, and then you can come back on the other side if it turns and get yourself a three or four point middle. Uh, I don't like to operate like that. I can't fire Monday morning. I'm not capable of that. Okay, fair enough. And it's kind of the same for me as well. Like, you know, I, I do a live show on Sunday nights when Pinnacle's opening up the live, uh, the lines for the upcoming week. I talk through just like- You need I, legal outs though. There's a lot of PPHs that don't filter totals in till, oh no, yeah. till, till Monday afternoon evening. Like, first of all, you won't get a PPH lines until, uh, and not, not all of them, obviously, but- Monday, Monday morning, 10, 11 a.m. And then totals don't come to like 2, 3, 4 p.m., right? So uh, if that's your method of getting down a lot of money, then you might be limited if you don't have legal shops uh, and outs. Yeah, this is not going to apply to the biggest bettors out there. Like this is, this is more to the majority of the population because you're right. Like, you know, openers at Pinnacle are 3,000 on sides and yeah. 2,000 on totals. They're, they're not... They're not that's substantial for a lot oh, of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem is, as soon as you hit that, for the max, it's moving. Yeah. And now you don't have the opportunity to bet at other shops. Yeah. So it it is basically like a race at this yeah, point. You're not going to fill a ton. But if you're a small better... Then you got to worry about a service that gives out a pick on Monday morning and sure. market's completely gone and you got no bets in. Like It's, it, tough. it's, it's tough. I mean... I. M- you know, I work with some people um, who get really rattled by the Monday moves. Yeah. Because we don't bet on Monday. 
I work with four people in total. And uh, there's like a, a bet size that's required to satisfy everyone in the group. Sure. And it just doesn't make sense to bet on Monday unless we're like, there's absolutely no chance we're ever going to get this number. It's going to move a lot. Like, let's just take a smaller play. Yeah, like anything in and around the three that is 100% going to Yeah. And, and sometimes those happen. You just know. You're like, yeah, everyone's coming in on this. Yeah. it's it. We will never see this number again later in the week. And we don't want to bet anything worse than this. We might as well take this number out. That happens, but it's rare. It doesn't happen a lot. Most of my, my stuff happens later in the week, especially like Wednesdays. Sure. I'm kind of in the same time frame as you. Yeah. Here, here's my, my, my point of if you can't get it in Monday morning, what's the harm in... Uh, uh, on a Wednesday, you know, you're getting a Chicago Detroit over 40 and a half uh, last week or a Indy Cincinnati over 40. And this things are, these things are going to close 44, 45. Yeah, maybe you didn't middle it, but you got to be very happy with your position. Dude, at those, that. Are, those are two games that I won last week. Yeah. <laughs> those were bet down. Those were weather anticipated weather games yeah. that as the week went on, yeah. the forecast became clearer and clearer and clearer. Yeah. And you're like, this is just the wrong number. Yeah. This is bad. This is this is a number that... It, it's, you know, it's based on, 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 on an X factor that's not going to exist, right? Exactly. But but again, just getting back to it, they, they, this is, these are the largest moves that are going to happen. Yeah. Right? Like... It, it, yeah, information moves will always... Beat <laughs> outside of a quarterback injury. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Weather and quarterback injuries yeah. are your two major, like, massive closing line value opportunities in the NFL. Yeah. So if you went out and you bet the under Detroit Chicago, yeah. Sunday night, early Monday morning, you bet the under Indy Cincinnati. Yeah. Same thing. As that, that weather starts to clear over the course of the week, yeah. you know what everyone did? Everyone bet the under early yeah. in the week. Yeah. They're holding that under. And now the the overs are yeah. sitting there. Like the, it's they it's honestly sat there for like a day and a half. I know. Some of these numbers I know. without getting bumped back into place. We were literally, Clark and I were talking about it Tuesday afternoon. And that Indy Cincy thing didn't fly till Wednesday morning before you guys went on your show. Yeah. And then you even said, you're like, listen, I know it's already moved and it's 43 and a half. It's still a good number, yes. right? It's still a good number. I mean, it, it's, I think for, for people out there that have the luxury of being able to bet early and like fulfill their bet size, yeah. if you see stuff like that, where you're just looking at the weather report for next week and like all the East Coast games look like they're going to have rain and wind, you might as well just pop the under early. Yeah, it's, um, this happens in a lot of trades too. Like uh, when people... Uh, when you can get ahead of, of the movement, you're always you're always in a good, whereas a person comes in on the back end. This happens in football too, and, and I'll give you a scenario last year and, and a conversation I had with a buddy. Do you remember the Minnesota-Buffalo game last year? It was the Josh Allen-UCL game. I do. It was the uh, Justin Jefferson, like, greatest catch ever. Yeah. yeah. But the line opens initially 7-7.5, seven, seven and, yep. and the speculation comes out about Josh's elbow. So if you get in at seven, seven and a half, six and a half, six, I know it's early, but yeah, that's a bet, right? You make that bet. But then it settles at three and a half as we now don't know on Wednesday, Thursday, right? We remember they were hiding him in practice. Yep. We didn't find out till Friday that day uh, on the final injury report. There's a buddy who comes out on Wednesday and he, and he says, you know, let's got to bet Minnesota plus three and a half. Josh Allen's not going to play. And I said, that might be the case, but 
it's already at a price right now that is so much closer to him not playing than him playing. And would you rather bet on a uh, like a 70% probability that he doesn't play at a number at three and a half? Or would you just rather wait till you find out he's not playing and just grab, you know, if you can't get the three and a half, maybe you get Minnesota two and a half and it's a, a fantastic bet. I'd rather bet with 100% certainty at that point. So you either get in really early bef- before the speculation starts, but when you buy in that middle zone, you can get you can get in a really bad, ugly position, and you're making a bad position based on probability that they play in the line that it's currently at. Yes, so that that's that's a great conversation to have too in terms of like the risk reward when placing your bets, yeah. right? Um, I got sent a clip yeah. last week, yeah, from the favorites podcast. Okay. I'll never stop with Simon Hunter because I think he's a clown. But I don't actually actively seek this stuff out. People send it to me. Yeah, there's, a, there's people who hate listening to it. I I don't listen to anything I don't like. But same with me. I'm not I'm not a hate listener. I'm not like someone who scours someone's Twitter feed to see what they're up to and respond yeah. to every. That's just like I already don't have time in my life yeah. to do everything that I want to do. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to do is listen to a podcast I don't want to listen to. That's going to infuriate me or scour somebody's Twitter timeline or whatever. I get sent a clip, which is Simon Hunter and Chad Millman, opening number, Raiders minus, uh, Vikings minus two and a half at Raiders. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing here. Zach maybe can put the clip in in post-production so that we can see it or people can listen to it. Aiden O'Connell is plus two and a half at home against Dobbs. You know what? I have it. I have it. I have it written down. <laughs> this is my guy right here. I, I 100% agree with that. That's going to be on the board. So I'm going to grab the two and a half just in case the pros hit it. But that's another line I hope gets the three, three and a half. That would be such a nice contest play. Just the Raiders at home against a team that can't stop the run like the Vikings. That's a nice spot to back this team. But basically, Simon says, I'm going to go and I'm going to grab this two and a half early here just in case the pros come in and hit the Raiders. Which, to me, is arguably one of the dumbest things you can do because when you talk about market timing, yeah, and especially when you have a number at two and a half, right? Okay, the pros hit the let's say the pros the pros on the Sunday night hit the Raiders, yeah, because all the pros are betting on Sunday nights, yeah, for the upcoming week. But let's say the pros hit the Raiders. What's what's the worst case scenario? Yeah, it goes down to one a half. Uh, it's like, not, it's not going to flip sides that same night. There's not enough money down. Uh, and it's like, is the odds of it going to three, right? Versus moving down towards against you. The reward of it going to three is such a far better bet than if you accident, you only got one instead of two and a half. It's a no brainer to wait. And he's sitting there and he's telling people go bet the two and a half. Before it moves against you, it's like, who cares if it went to one? Exactly. These are insignificant numbers as compared to a two and a half versus a three. On top of it, Rob, there's the Justin Jefferson news where we expect him to play and any injury news is going to be positive for the Vikings side. There was literally no upside to hitting Raiders on Monday or Tuesday at two and a half. It's, that's egregious. How anybody, if, if you're doing that and if you're betting early and you don't understand asymmetric risk of a line moving to three and how big of a benefit that is to you versus dropping 
to one, then you gotta you gotta really take a, a serious look at what you're doing in your process. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of numbers. I mean, understanding key numbers in the NFL is extremely important when it comes to this. Like, there's other situations where a team might be a four and a half point favorite, and it's the same boat. It's like, well, you know what? I don't need to bet the four and a half now. Yeah, because if it gets hit five, five and a half, yeah. you know, okay, I'm gonna lose the five. If it gets to four, now I have a push opportunity on the four. Yeah. And that changes things. So understanding that and and just basing your timing off of that yeah. is a great way to go. Now, it's not all that. It's not as simple as I'm making it out to be. No. Because everybody, at least like a lot of the pros, yeah. sharps, they know this. Well, I didn't even discuss with you uh, Indy, Cincy, and Detroit, Chicago. Like, that's the first time I've heard that we both were on that bet. Okay. Right? But a lot of people, we, 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 we use a lot of the similar data and come to similar conclusions, not all the way. Yeah. So again, yeah, you're not the only one thinking out there. There's other people with this same line of thinking. Well, every, every, what I just said about like the four and four and a half. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that are thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Going to wait for it. And then there's going to be someone out there who's like, I'm not going to wait for this because I have so much competition if it gets to four, yeah. that fuck it, I'm just going to pop the four and a half. Yeah. But either way, like you, there's still so much more upside of course, in potentially waiting for that. And like to me, that two and a half, I mean, the chef's kiss of that situation was the game landed three. Yeah, and and, and the people who waited for the three got rewarded with a push. That's, 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 like, that, that's, that's the chef's kiss of yeah. the entire situation because there's just no like if i see a two and a half on a sunday night or a monday yeah unless i'm confident that this is gonna like and this is never gonna happen but unless you're supremely confident that this thing's gonna flip to like the other wrong team favored type of situation maybe even push out to three on the other side yeah it doesn't make sense i'll tell you a scenario where it happened um I'm talking to Eric Eager before the season starts. Do you remember week one? Uh, the Lions obviously have been up for months, and Chicago was favored by two and a half against Green Bay. I do. They're at home. Yep. And I'm talking to Eager, and I'm like, I haven't bet this yet. I make Green Bay a one-point favorite. I think a lot of us did. Yep. A lot of us were bullish on Green Bay. And I said, I'm waiting for the three. I'm like, do you think it gets here? He goes, absolutely not. He goes, have you heard a single sharp person uh, made a, make a case against Green Bay this, this offseason? Or for Chicago, and I said, so why hasn't it moved? And it dawned on me, we're all waiting for the three that's never going to arrive. Right. That's when it's like, okay, I get it now. We're never going to get this three. But making that split shot decision Sunday and Monday uh, morning is is insane. It's different. The line had been sitting there for a month and a half. It's clear it's never getting to three. Uh, and and I, I'm like, we're we're waiting for the we're waiting for too long for no reason now at this point. Right. I mean, it's challenging to navigate the waters of the NFL because, you know, you have to apply logic. You have to know that other people are applying logic as well. It's a yeah. competitive market. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to wait for, you know, Trevor Lawrence to be ruled out and then bet it. It's like, guess what? You got to be available at all times of the day because that number is going to come off the board real quick and it's going to reopen at a new price. Yeah. So it's not, it's not as easy as that in a lot of instances, but you really have to weigh... The, the upside versus the downside in yeah. a lot of these bets. I'm not saying you have to do this in everything. There's going to be times Patrick Mahomes is out. You, yeah. you just run and bet it. There, there, you don't there's, wait. there's no brainer fires, yes, right? There, exactly. there, there's no brainer fires. Um, 
another thing I've found. So I formulate a game plan for the week, right? Once I've digested everything I need to, and I and I can confidently say these are my numbers for the week. Um, now I, I create, you know, what points are I'm looking to buy? Where do I think the market's going to go? What buy points do I want to jump in on? My favorite games now to bet are games where you have to price three different things. So again, we're going to refer to this, the Cleveland Jacksonville game. It becomes, all right, what's the price with a healthy Trevor Lawrence? Yep. What's the price with no Trevor Lawrence? And what's the price with a banged up Trevor Lawrence? So you evaluate the injury. What is the injury? It's high ankle. Okay. What does that eliminate from his game? Then the next step is, okay, uh, does he have the roster to overcome this? Oh, wow. He's missing, uh, two offensive tackles. Oh, wow. He's missing Christian Kirk, who's one of his best separators at receiver. And and Jamal Agnew's on IR too. They got no yeah. receivers. So all of a sudden it, it becomes, oh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, his mobility is going to be an issue. He, he's lacking weapons and his O-lines hurt. So I'm like, his reduced price now is has to be significant, right? Yep. And, we, and Joe Burrow forced us to all think like this, right? There's the Joe Burrow's healthy price, yeah. Joe Burrow's uh, reduced price, and Joe Burrow's not playing price. And it's so funny. You were the first person to bring it up, and 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 it, and it was it was odd that we all had the same mentality, right? Because Cleveland had gone to three, and we missed the one and a half. I missed it. Uh, I I I readily admit it, and I didn't jump in and 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 pile in on Cleveland minus three because I go now. There's still not a hundred percent certainty that Lawrence isn't going to play. Obviously, if he was out, the price would go above three. Right. But at this point, the line's gone too far. You can't jump in at the end before we have confirmation. And and you said, God, I hope Trevor Lawrence plays so I can bet Cleveland once the number moves down again. Yeah, and I, I knew it would. Like, yes. The announcement came on Saturday, yeah. and someone's messaging me at night because Schefter reported it, that he's, that he's going to try to play. It's a game-time decision, whatever, but they're going to try to play him. And one of someone messages me on Twitter, and they're like, Dude, like the no one wants to bet, no one wants to bet Jacksonville. Like yeah. it's, I'm yeah. like, don't worry. Yeah, we're gonna bet. Someone is going to bet Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is is going to start. Yeah, they will take money. Yeah. Someone will bet them because there are people and groups specifically out there that honestly just purely bet injury news. Yeah. that I know of, someone will bet them. Hundred percent. At, at that point, it became a obviously if Trevor Lawrence, if we knew he was healthy. Yeah. We would grab plus three and 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 love our CLV of course. when he's cleared, but we knew we were getting a reduced version of him, and we deciphered the correct bet at that point was, let's bet Cleveland after Lawrence is confirmed and then he's diminished. Yes, and it's funny the game came down to a two point conversion, right? It would have been a two point win or a four point win for Cleveland, but we got one and one and a half a lot of us uh, the the prime number when it when it dropped down. And I'm like, that's a job well done because you know what? There's a lot of people who had to sweat that two-point conversion, and we didn't. I did not have to sweat that, it. That's it's a great feeling to be in that situation. That's the that's the game where you're like, you know what? I do this, right? Yeah. I do. I I I, I am him, right? No, and it, we have those moments because that was a puzzle to solve. That wasn't uh, Trevor Lawrence is out, uh, bang a team. That's easy, right? That's you catching a, a book moving slow. You're a right place, right time. You're quick to act. There's no, there's, there's, there's no skill in it, uh, uh, it uh, outside of the fact that you're just quick, right? Your timing was your skill there. Beating in, in uh, injury information or, or information period like NFL draft, that, that is a job well done, but there's no real... 
The skill is in deciphering a complicated puzzle with three different outcomes. 100%. I, I mean, honestly, that's one of my... Personally, that's one of my biggest edges as a sports better is just pattern recognition. And I've done this a long time. Now, I haven't done this professionally a long time, but over the course of the year, of, of at least the last five years, I'm glued to the NFL market, right? Yeah, yeah. When a line move happens, it's like, why did this happen? Yeah. What day did it happen on? Can I find out who bet this? Yeah. And all this just becomes information yeah. that you collect over time and over time and over time. And there's going to be times where like you like a play, but you wait. Yeah. Here's an example. Your team. I'm sorry to bring this up. Wow. <laughs> but I, I did the media rounds last week. Yeah. I talked about this as well. Tennessee, Miami total. Yeah. I like the over, yeah. but I'm not going to bet this early Yeah. because I think there's going to be late money on the under in this game. There always, there always seems to be, especially on primetime games, they used to always come down a little. That's part of it a little bit. But on top of that, what one thing that I tend to notice with totals, yeah. especially, and cat out of the, and this isn't like a certainty by any stretch of the imagination, but whenever you have a look-ahead number on a game that gets massively adjusted to the next game, more often than not, the price tends to move back towards the look-ahead number. Mm. Look ahead total in Miami, Tennessee was 44 and a half and it reopened 47 for this, this week. Yeah. 47 being a key number yeah. came off of that pretty quickly to 46 and a half, kept taking money down to 45. And it's like, th that's just one example. There's times where this doesn't happen and, sure. and something like materially changes sure. in a week. Sure. That's different, but that was an adjustment. So for me, it was like, okay, I actually have an edge on over 47 yeah. in this game, but you waited it out. I'm going to wait it out because I'm very confident there's going to be under money in so, this game. So I'll admit that that's not my on higher totals. I, I I find it hard to navigate the direction, and that's and I recognize that as a leak in my game. Uh, I feel very confident on sides and directions are going to move. Obviously, if you watch any market long enough for several years, you understand patterns. You understand how money flows in. You understand who market tends to like. Uh, there's certain teams that get bet on game day, and we've discussed this before. Three straight weeks for the Bengals now. <laughs> uh, I I had no I I don't know how high totals will 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 move down. Like Dallas Philly was sitting at I think 52 and a half, 53. Yep. I I assumed it would it wouldn't get to 54. It, it would come down a little. I uh, but I wasn't I wasn't certain. I didn't bet the over. I, I would have bet the over. Uh, that was a game where I thought both offenses would move the ball well. I think both defenses are a tad overrated. Yep. Uh, so that and, and I really like how. At least you said it to my face. Yeah. No. I've I've said this to. You. I I also think San Fran's defense is uh, overrated. You've heard. Yeah. You, you've heard my 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 theories on on all this stuff. Um, but. I wasn't a hundred percent certain of the line move. So when when I when I feel like I'm out of place. Uh, I usually don't put my money in, and and that's and that's something that I've learned over the time. You don't have to make every bet. Yeah, I I, I mean I bet the over in that game. I was wrong about the way that I thought that that would move as well. I thought there would be more money on the under. Yeah, on that game. Okay. I thought there was actually a legitimate chance we'd get to fifty one for that total. See, I didn't know when I was talking to Suma. Yeah. Uh, and I know you and Suma talk about games. I I said. Uh, 
I can't see money coming in on the under here. I understand it's a high total, but these two teams profile like as an over game. And Suma's, I, I thought back now, and I'm like, Suma didn't didn't uh, agree with me, he, but he didn't like outwardly put it out. So I'm like, okay, Suma was expecting some under money well, well, there. We, we know, again, and this is not like, this is just from purely ex- 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 experiential. Yeah. We know that when there's high totals in the NFL every year, they tend to very close to post, yeah. take money towards the under. Got it. There's one specific group that really likes to bet these high totals under. Got it. They think that they have an edge there. They're putting down a lot of money. So for me, it's like whenever I see these super high totals, it's not a rush to go out and, and bet them. I might as well just wait. But that money never came in. That was one of the rare instances where I ended up betting a total like 15 minutes before the game started. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right, this is the price. I have an edge and I'm, I'm just going to bet it. Got it. And, and I never saw that money. But, you know, so there's certainly instances where you're wrong. But ultimately, for me, like you're dealing with such fine margins in the NFL. Yeah. You want to maximize your chances to win. Sure. And paying it, and it's not just the NFL. Honestly, everything we just talked about applies to other sports. You can find some comparison in other sports. I think back to last year, NBA, uh, which it, it was much more rampant because there wasn't the in-play tournament. Sure. But older players resting on the second yeah. half of a back-to-back. Yeah. Why are you going to go out and bet that team there was Early a, in the morning. There was a time that Underdog NBA was the most valuable account on Twitter. Uh, and now, obviously, everyone's plugged in and, and it moves uh, simultaneously. But uh, especially that load management, COVID era, like that. Too, and I, I don't like betting basketball, but yep. man, I was making money yeah. just, just beating pure injury shit. Of course. But like, you know, I, I would go on Twitter and I, I won't. Like I, I'm not going to name no, names or anything don't, like that. Don't, don't give out uh, any edges that you might still have. No, it's not, it's not even an edge. It was just last year, people constantly complaining like, oh, this guy's resting. Like, there goes my bet. It's like, well, you you click the yeah. button. Yeah. You I, Now, there's some things outside of your control. Yeah. Sometimes you click a button. You know, there's no one on the NFL Friday injury report. Yeah, all the, the, guy the, the, late, groin. the late ad is always like... a. The Saturday Schefter tweet, this guy's been added to the injury report with the flu or whatever. And it's like, well, you know what? What am I going to do? Well, look at Seattle, right? There's people who bet plus 12. uh, I think it started at like 13, got down to 12 and a half, 12. And then it got all the way down to 10 and a half. So people were betting. And then we find out Gino pulls his groin Thursday night. And all of a sudden, the line closes 14. And you're like, oh, I made a bad bet. Of course. And that that type of stuff's going to happen. But like the stuff with what was going on in the NBA last year, where you had veterans very frequently resting on the second half of back-to-backs, almost to the point where it became predictable. I'm sorry, but it's on you if you place the bet the bet on the team where the veteran is more likely to rest. Yeah, like you control that. You control the bet timing. It's no different than in the NHL, where you have back-to-back situations, and sometimes it's going to be the backup goalie. That yeah. plays the second of the back-to-back. There's patterns that yeah. you can look at, how these teams play. Like, you're in control of when you place the bet. So you can't just always complain about when the when things work against you. A lot of this is is recognizable yeah. and predictable. You got to learn to uh, teams' tendencies. Uh, like, Pete Carroll's one of the most honest uh, at the podium. When he says something, he doesn't 
for whatever reason, he doesn't believe in gamesmanship. Uh, Cleve and I were talking uh, Monday morning um, before the Dolphins-Titans game, and he asked me what's going on with Teron Armstead and Javon Holland, and I said, we have been the most cautious team at benching questionable guys. Um, you say we as the Miami Dolphins. My, yes, you consider yourself part of the organization. Of course I am. Okay. Also, you notice the helmet in front of George today? Wow. Did you rearrange that? No, I didn't. I oh, I was going to say that. That was freaking devious. Um, <laughs> I, I said uh, we are prioritizing health for playoffs. Like Mike McDaniels come out and said that before. Yep. I'm not going to risk a guy's long-term health for a short-term game. We are one of the most cautious teams when you get like questionables. Dolphins have a higher probability of benching that player, whereas questionable has become a really you're playing type tag. Yeah. Right. And we're a team that it's not, that's not the case. We're actually, we actually lean more towards sitting it. You have to learn the tendencies of, of certain teams. Yeah. Um, hopefully that was a lot. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but hopefully there's some learnings there, especially if, if this is kind of a foreign subject to you, but uh, it's, it's a crazy market. All sports are crazy markets. You have to learn to navigate them. And Honestly, all of this stuff matters in some capacity or another. You might dismiss it and be like, ah, who cares when I place my bet or whatever. But your goal, generally speaking, across sports, beat the closing line. There's many different ways that you could possibly do that. But even a half point here or there, like there, there honestly, there is no, this is going to sound like really weird, messed up. There's no greater feeling for me. When I win and the late money loses, I love it. Okay, not that okay. exactly. I, I when I get the line that went, so I actually this is devious. Okay. I wanted <laughs> I wanted Jacksonville to complete that two point conversion. So did I. I was I, I was wanted, there and I want. I was like I need to, and also I wanted it because of Fez in the super in the circa millions and I I want Fez to win okay. just to cause a shitstorm. Yeah. I love when I win and others don't because they didn't get the optimal line. Like is that bad? Uh, that's it, that gives me a, a thrill. Um, I wasn't going to go quite that far. Okay. You took it to an ex- extreme wishing ill on other people. Well, Zach, you know what this means, right? Rob's going to admit to this six no. months from now. Yes, he's going to get caught I, accidentally. He's going to get caught. I, 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 will, I will say I do enjoy that. Like, I enjoy when, when I, I win a bet yeah. and I could have lost it if I had not bet it at the right time or yeah. push. But what really, what really gets me going from six to midnight, George, okay. <laughs> is when I have the absolute best price in market like over the course of the week you make a bet and you're like i could not have done any better with my market entry yeah that's the kind of stuff that really gets the juices flowing oh yeah it could lose by a hundred oh yeah they could lose 70 to nothing i got the best price i will hang my head on that because i honestly believe that that's just like job is done i've done what i can now i picked the position i wanted I got the best possible price. There's nothing more I can do. At the end of the day, okay, could have been a bad handicap or bad handicap or whatever. Yeah. But that's job well done for me. I also get gratification when I get an injury move before national media picks it up. Yep. Because I have I follow enough people, and you can check on my Twitter uh, and go through. You know how people have lists. If you go on right now, I have a list for all the AFC East beat writers. There's 30 people there. And AFC North and AFC. I have football doctors list, right? I have a lot of lists on Twitter and I have a lot of screens open during the day. I remember there was a story last year. It was uh, Raiders 49ers two weeks ago. And 
this wasn't even news. It was a beat reporter who was doing some outside-the-box speculation on Twitter, and he said, Derek Carr's contract's fully guaranteed if he gets hurt. Want, uh, they may consider benching him now that they're out of the, right. the, the playoffs. Two weeks to go, and I and I sat there and I, and I, I said, "Wait a minute." They he 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 inherited Derek Carr. This is a guy McDaniel who has been known to want to get his guy in there. Yep. They could improve their draft position if if they're gone. Uh, and they they risk him getting hurt, and they got to pay him the money. So I I bet on that beat right that beat right. I'm like, you know what? You bring up an interesting point. Got San Fran. I want to say minus. Uh, Six and a half or, or whatever the line was. I think it ended up closing 10 once Jared Stidham became uh, yep. the guy. And Stidham had an amazing yeah. game. And it lost. It lost. <laughs> <laughs> it lost. They won by three. But I, I felt gratified because anyone can beat, uh, anyone can get a, a Schefter tweet or a prominent beat writer and beat a, a, a line move. Yeah. When you find a tidbit that nobody else may have interpreted the same way, I love that stuff. Yes, it's it's like the Zach Galifianakis gif uh, that or the meme that goes around where you're just seeing like all the shapes and you you read one tweet and all the logic starting mm. to come together for you and formulating in your head. I like that, George. Yeah, me too. That gets me very excited. I know this went off the rails with us talking about what gets us turned on here, but um, <laughs> yeah, it it did. Hopefully, this was helpful for people out there. Uh, plus EV, minus EV. Did you come? Did you come prepared this week? Yeah, I've got. Uh, I want to start with a negative EV. Okay. Um, researching with an agenda. Ah. Right. People research for two purposes: uh, justification or discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you research for justification, you don't actually seek to learn the right answer. You seek to learn why your answer is right. You've not learned nothing. You're. You're. you're whether it's film watching, you're digging for selective stats and data, you're looking to bolster an opinion that you already have. More times than not, um, you're going to end up validating a bad opinion. The real way to research is go in with a blank canvas, have a hypothesis, but go in with a blank canvas and, and learn what the data teaches you. And you might come to the conclusion that what your what your original opinion is was way off. And I, I, people are like, oh, this is so obvious. A lot of people do this. Oh, yeah. Believe me. Oh, I do it. A lot. Everyone does, right? Everyone, does. everyone picks their opinion and says, I'm going to validate it with five reasons why. Oh, yeah. And then you ignore the stuff that devalidates it. You, you, you know what you're doing, yep. right? You oh, know yeah. what you're doing. It's a, you're, you're researching in bad faith. It's a good, good one. Minus EV, Zach? Uh, minus EV is being a Toronto sports fan. Um, <laughs> just... It's just hell. I mean, you look well, at the MLB, the M- NBA. We're the only team up here uh, for either. The American reporters hate us. The American fans hate us. Yeah. The players apparently hate us. Uh, we're getting deceived by agencies and beat reporters. It's, it's tough. tough. Um, and then outside of that, like, you got the Leafs. <laughs> what the fuck is there to be happy about there? Like, that just sucks. You have the Argos. They had the greatest season in CFL history. Yep. They got upset by the Alouettes. Like, <laughs> TFC gets all these Italian guys to come over they here. Stink they stink as soon as they come here, They yeah. fucking suck right away. Yeah. Like, there's just... It sucks. Should have got, got the Greeks. Should have got the Greeks. There's nothing good about this. So yeah. that's that's negative EV for me. I'll give a sports betting nev- negative EV because it hits home with me with a lot of my friends who, who, who buy picks okay. and purchase picks. If you're going to purchase picks... Even if they're from 
someone that's sharp, some, a winning service or whatever. For the love of God, don't chase numbers. If you're in a work meeting and some service releases a college basketball game and the number moves seven points, it's okay to sit it out. Yeah. Like you don't have to come and just bet the same side because now you have FOMO and you're scared that that play is going to win. You have no idea what that play is good to. So generally speaking, when the market moves that much on any single play and you missed it, just sit it out. Yeah. It's, you know, it, you haven't quite lost your mojo like GRP would say, <laughs> but maybe you just need to take a step back, calm down. There's going to be more plays from whatever service you subscribe to. Don't chase numbers. Yeah. All right. Plus EV. Uh, I want to get um, a bit philosophical, if you don't mind, uh, on this on this last one. Uh, you, know, you know that I minored in uh, philosophy. Did you? Well, I never really graduated, but I did. Yeah. Know. Well, uh, philosophy is the class you take when you just want to get stoned at lunch and come in and, uh, <laughs> and get a passing grade with all your brilliant thoughts. Guilty as charged. Uh, Leo McGarry in the West Wing, uh, he said... Um, this guy's walking down the street when he falls in a hole. The walls are so steep, he can't get out. A doctor passes by, and the guy shouts up, Hey, can you help me out? And the doctor writes a prescription, and he throws it down in the hole and moves on. Then a priest comes along, and the guy shouts out, Father, I'm down in this hole. Can you help me out? The priest writes out a prayer, throws it down in the hole, and moves on. Then a friend walks by. Uh, hey, Joe, it's me. Can you help me out? And the friend jumps down into the hole with him. The guy says, are you stupid? Now we're both down here. And the friend says, yeah, but I've been down here before and I know the way out. It's the holidays. A lot of people get lonely at this time. And uh, if you have friends and you're feeling alone, reach out to them. Don't let that feeling of loneliness uh, consume you this holiday season. You know, um, a lot of people are stressed and depressed reach out to people. And if you don't have anyone to reach out to, um, reach out to me on Twitter and I'll be happy to share some words with you. I want people to remember this because uh, these times are not easy for everybody. And we joke and, and, and everything like that. But I, I think it's an important message right now because I know there's people out there that's, that are listening to content uh, that probably are feeling lonely this, uh, this Christmas season, this holiday season. And you shouldn't have to feel that way. Strong words there. Um, I echo everything that George said. Ever need someone to talk? DMs are open on Twitter. I get back to everyone. Reach out to us. Um, I mean, I've been there before. It sucks. It's good to have people that you can reach out to and yeah. uh, that can understand what you're going through. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to follow that one up. Uh, Zach, no. It's on you now. It's just a lo losing spot to beat. Minus EV I, spot for Zach. I should have said, uh, can I save my plus EV uh, for the end Minus here? EV spot for Zach right now. Uh, yeah, that's tough. Um, no, you c I agree with George, and you can reach out to me as well. But... Um Fuck, this is... Mine's just right after George's. Okay. No, a little comedy after uh, yeah, something the deep. Back up. <laughs> the, the levity right. here. You're good. All right. Um, I kind of have two. Uh, first and foremost, if you're a single guy, <laughs> fuck. If you're a single guy and you're living like in your apartment, Christmas decorations, 
It goes a long way. Um, really? Oh yeah, trust me, it goes a long way for the you, I, I, for yeah, the women, for the ladies. Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought I thought you were okay. You got people over. Yes. You got people over or whatever. Uh, and no, like, I'm to, that's the best. I'm taking that you, one. I want to buy yeah. that. You got Christmas tree, Christmas lights. We've got those. Like my roommate, uh, his mom sent us like uh, the advent calendars, the chocolate advent yeah, calendars. Yeah. Boys, trust me. I'm telling you. For some reason, they're like. Holidays, you guys got in the spirit. You yeah, guys got yeah. this up. It's a it's, it's a winning a, move. It's, it's a winning do, you, do you have real presents under the tree or just like fake boxes? So? Fake boxes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach fake comes boxes. out of the Zach comes out of the washroom wearing only a stocking. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, the other one is, and this one is more because people I've seen them talking about it in the Forward Progress watch-alongs. Which, by the way, I encourage anybody if you're not watching those, watch them. It's highly entertaining. It's a good thing to put on while you're watching the game. But I've seen people talking about like working out and stuff. People who watch Ford Progress work out while they're listening and things like that. Yeah, uh, I've talked about it on here before. I've tried to like up my workouts and like my workout routine and stuff. That's one a, thing. That's a humble do. brag, by the way. You mixed in a humble brag in there, but continue. Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. My oh, um, Zach, I'm young and in shape. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm oh, just I saying. like to mix in some workouts every here and there. You know, no. yeah. up in my routine. I, I'm just saying. Uh, one thing to do if you're doing this, if you're someone who's like trying to make your workout a little bit more intense, you're taking like pre-workout, pre-workout 20 minutes before it's supposed to hit like 30 minutes, go to the gym, start stretching. And then by the end of like your 10 minute stretch or whatever, mm. you're locked in mm. and ready to go. Mm. You get like a little, it gives you like a little tingle, the pre-workout's supposed to, and you kind of get like tunnel vision a little bit. It's the way, it's perfect way to go. Noise cancellation in the headphones. That's how I've been starting my workouts. I've been having the best workouts uh, I probably have ever had. I know it's maybe not applicable to everybody, but I've seen people on the Forward Progress stuff talking about them doing workouts and stuff. It's a good way to kind of elevate it. So yeah, that's kind of, that's one that's that good. I was All right. Of. Certainly not applicable to me and George, but... Uh, <laughs> Tunnel vision, is that is that when you take too much pre-workout and you're... <laughs> Maybe. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> it pretty much is. Um, okay, I'll end with a plus EV here. Um, listening to podcasts on quicker speed. The mm. people, if you have not discovered yet that you can listen to a podcast quicker than one time speed, it's, you, you can't go nuts here. Like there's going to be a point where you reach where you're like... What's the, what's the ideal speed? For me... I, it depends on the pod. Okay. So some pods I like to do a 1.25 or 1.3 times. Okay. If I'm listening to Be Better Betters, for yeah. example, I could do two times <laughs> because the host speaks so goddamn slowly that it just sounds like a normal uh, speech afterwards. That's great. So it depends on the pod, but it, it opens up so much time for you. And in fact... I've now started watching Netflix shows mm. on like 1.25 No, times no, speed. you don't. That's, I do. That's crazy. It's not... No, that's crazy. That is I crazy. Agree with you, the, that's crazy. I'll that's tell crazy. you where it really it go, goes off the rails is if, if there's like a montage in the show. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> because there's like music, it's playing fast. Yeah, yeah. Do, kinda, do, 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 do. But aside from that, it works. Time is in, a time is valuable, and there are things now you do you do not need to watch. What um, if they're a fast talker like Ben Shapiro? You know, like here we go. He's already speaking. Then you know what? George, I'll put it back to one time speed. <laughs> okay. But start. Start with what's tolerable, and you'll figure it out. Time savings, very important. Plus EV move of the week. The Netflix one, George, I'm with you. That's That's, insane. There's no way. I'm not doing, like, stand-up comedies on that type of speed or anything like that, but there's lots of... Like, do you need to watch Home Alone at regular speed? 
You don't. How much time are you trying to save in life, bro? I know. I Lots. Know. You can't. <laughs> Lots of time. I'm all about time savings. I'm with you on the podcast, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I'm with yeah. you all on right. the podcast. Can I ask you guys one question before we get out of here? Sure. Yeah. We're in the Christmas theme here, boys. Um, give me your number one Christmas song. I need to know, like, what's your number one Christmas song? Well, I mean, what I'm going to say here is is actually, like, really a way, I care. A, way out it there. Uh, it? It's not, I, I guess it's not even a, a song, but oh. there's, well, okay. I don't like Christmas music. Okay, I don't like Christmas music. Ooh, why not? I don't, it's just, I, I'm not a big fan. There's a metal band out there <laughs> called August Burns Red that does instrumentals. That's the guy who donates uh, to all our watch-alongs, August Burns Red, right? August Young does. Very close. <laughs> um, there's a metal band called August Burns Red that does instrumental covers of Christmas songs. They've put out like three albums of Christmas covers. And in December... I often find myself listening to that, mm. which is much more tolerable to me because you don't have like the cheesy vocals. The vocals are as instrumentals. Sure. It's a little bit more up tempo. You got your, your double bass or whatever. But I, I don't like, I don't, I mean, my favorite Christmas song, I guess, would be like, it would be like the Trans Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. What's that? Sarajevo, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's a, I, that's I like, a banger. I like listening to Frank Sinatra singing Christmas songs. It's yes. different. It's not. It doesn't feel corny and cheesy. Yeah, it feels you know. You feel like a gentleman. You know. You feeling feel like, like a gentleman? You know, if you're if it's ten in the morning, and you're drinking a whiskey and you're <laughs> ashamed of yourself. You put Frank Sinatra on and it's whiskey o'clock, baby. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You're also going with uh, Trans Siberian Orchestra. Uh, no, that one's real. That one's like one of the best ones as well. But like one of the ones for me, I think the one that I have to put as number one is the cheesiest. It's the chalk. It's all I want for Christmas, Mariah Carey. Yeah. It's no. just like the We're easy one. Like, the there's show, no December, way. Sorry, Zach. November first. You've, wow. you've lost microphone That's privileges a, for, it's, for, it's for the remainder no, of no. December. That is but awful. it's because of like. It's December one. That's the one that is just it flips on. Hold on, hold on. I just want to get to the bottom of this. When yeah. you when you bring these ladies home and you got this fake Christmas tree and fake presents, you have Mariah in the background, don't you? Dimly lit. Yeah, he yes. does. Yeah, he, he does. sings along too. That's his move. That's we're learning Zach's pro move here. Hey. But like, uh, I think it's Bing Crosby, White Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's, a, that's another classic Home like Alone song real, right there. Like, yeah, it's that's solid. I, I no issues with that. Listen, it's subjective. You're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> We're allowed to roast your opinion yes. based off of our beliefs as well. This is how the world works. But let it be known, Zach, big Mariah Carey fan, mm -hmm. huge. I don't Mariah think Carey there's. Fan. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with Mariah Carey either. That's he's just, Zach's one step away from Taylor Swift and joining Seville. Yeah, there you are. Him and Diggs uh, will be joining myself and Kirk Evans at Taylor Swift in Toronto at I some point or another. Go. I'll check it out. I'll check it. I'll see a show. It's supposed to be a good show. I'll go see a good show. I like seeing live music. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> That's going to be it. Circles off episode number 132. If you haven't smashed that like button down below, as Johnny would say, obliterate that like mm. button. Our views to likes ratio is not good enough. Smash that like button down below. And of course, if you're not subbed here on Circles Off, make sure you do so. Check out Pinnacle if you're in Canada. Use code HAMMER when signing up. This has been another edition 
of Circles Off. Thank you, G-Stack. Thank you We for still didn't me. find out your source of income. Unfortunately, we might be able to get to the bottom of that at that point. Until next week, everyone, enjoy your week. We'll see you next week.